Hi, and welcome to the Fitness Made Simple podcast, series two. This podcast is specifically aimed at anyone who's looking to improve their knowledge on health and fitness as we break down everything into bite-sized, easy-to-understand content. As always, it's brought to you by your hosts, Ben Mudge and Adam Parr. Let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fitness Made Simple podcast, season two, episode four. Adam, how are you doing? Very well. I'm ready to go. Got a pint of water. I've got my new salted caramel carb killer. Oh, just just in case I get hungry mm-hmm. mid podcast. <laughs> nice. I've got a half-eaten pepper. Okay. Because because why why would you I? love you love a bit of raw veg, don't you? Yeah, I love them. Love them. Um, my mate was uh, my mate's very very good at doing impressions of people, and I stupidly asked him to do an impression or impersonation of me. So all he did was take his shirt off and start eating raw vegetables. <laughs> that's it and I was like sounds about right he nailed that yeah I, I, I was I was like is, is this offensive or is this really accurate <laughs> it was very accurate um, so from the top we want to thank everybody uh, for listening so far if yeah. you could do us a massive favour from the start of the podcast if you could, if you listen to this on the iTunes store if you could scroll down and leave us a little five star review and if you want to write up a little written review that would be amazing now if you've left one before they refresh after three months. In other words, you can leave another one. So if you've found an episode particularly useful or you really loved a certain episode, you know, feel free to mention that in the review. And if you can, please share this on your Instagram. We'll reshare it. We'll repost it. If you tag myself and Adam, I'm at Ben Mudge underscore. And Adam, you're at, you are? Just at Adam James Parr. Perfect. We will repost that. It, it helps reach far more people and we are massively appreciative of it. So let's get into today's topic. What are we talking about today, Adam? We're just going to have a little dive into sort of metabolism, how many calories that you burn, uh, how many calories that you'll be needing to consume to to diet, to maintain your body weight, to gain muscle, to gain weight, different factors that affect that, um, how to break past weight loss plateaus and how many calories to drop, um, and everything in between really, Different how the different macronutrients affect you. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll just sort of flow from there, won't we? I'm not saying we haven't got a script to follow, but there's the yeah. sort of the main points we want to touch on. Because um, I think a lot of the what we're going to start off with the with the first bit, you know, breaking down, you know, what constitutes how many calories that you consume each day. I think this is really really important, and yeah. I think a lot of people they just they need to hear this, they need to understand this, and I think once you've got a real good grasp and understanding of of your total daily energy expenditure how many calories you need each day and once you know your numbers i just think you're set up perfectly and once you understand the energy balance you're armed with the knowledge to be able to spot a fad diet or a fad claim a mile off and you can understand the reason why if you've ever tried anything in the past and it's worked you can understand why it's worked or if you've gone through a period and you've gained weight, you suddenly start to realize why. And it's just having that. Sometimes if you understand the reason why, like why does doing more steps help with fat loss, It suddenly you have that little light bulb moment like, right, yeah. I get it now. I understand why. Whereas if someone just says, do more, move do more, this. you're like, yeah. okay. But if someone says, right, do more, this is why you need to do more because of X, Y, and Z, you're like, right, okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, I think that's the... That's the big thing at the moment that I'm seeing is, you know, people shouting calorie deficit, calorie deficit. And yes, that's the, it's the broad answer to what most people are trying 
to achieve a calorie deficit if you're looking to lose weight but there's no real practical applications of how to achieve a calorie deficit most of the time it's very vague it's or eat less and move more but again that's very very vague information so the end of this podcast hopefully will have given you as, as adam said i love that term armed you with the information that you need to be able to basically achieve what you want to achieve whether it's to gain weight lose weight maintain your weight you know recomp whatever and we're going to give you those figures that you can then go away and apply it after this podcast it's the it's the main goal of this podcast is practical application you can go away and apply um and then throughout the episode we're actually i'm actually going to go onto a website which i'm going to link in the description below and i'm going to give you i'm going to basically run through what i would need to do if i was looking to lose weight gain weight or maintain my current weight so that'll be that'll be fun a working example exactly so yeah where we're we going to start with we're we going to start with bmr do, i think that's a good good place yeah, to start. So i think if you, you want to imagine now imagine uh, a pie chart a circle and you want to imagine 60 percent or 60 to 70 percent of that mm-hmm. in in red and that chunk of the pie graph that is what we that is the number of calories 60 to 70 percent which is called your bmr and that is how many calories that you burn each day to just support normal daily function so think your heart beating your lungs functioning just to support your body um sometimes known as your coma calories um you know if you were to have a sick day from work and you were to sit on the sofa and just watch the tv all day you would still burn this many calories um so we call it your basal metabolic rate um and yeah different people say different numbers but approximately i always say about 60 to 70 percent which is a large chunk of the amount of calories that you burn you know so you know even when you do have days when you you don't move much you don't do much you're still burning calories um but the main factors that will affect that number is really your your height your weight um and how much muscle you've got on you so Mm -hmm. if if there's a, a female um who obviously has less muscle than a male and is petite you know they are you know say five foot or under they are not going to burn, if they have a sick day and sit on the sofa each day, they are not going to burn many calories. Whereas if somebody is 18 stone and six foot and say males have got more muscle within that weight, they are going to burn more calories just sat there at rest. And that's mm. really, really important to know because it's that how much sort of, uh, I will say, wiggle room or space you've got depending yeah. on how. So if those two people both consume the same amount of food which often happens in relationships so the the husband and the wife will have exactly the same portions at dinner just because of convenience so if the cook is stir fry 50% that plate 50% that plate and really the 50% for the for the guy that's absolutely fine that will often land within his calories quite easily but that 50% for the female could be way too big yeah and that's why the portion sizes if you are looking to take things up a level, up a notch, and, and and get stricter with things. You should be adjusting your portion sizes if there's a big, big difference in your height, weight, age, etc. Yeah, um, does play a big factor. Age is you just tapped on it there. Age is another huge one. I think everybody knows this. When you're younger, you can get away with eating a lot more calories, and that's simply because, especially when you're you know puberty and then young twenties. Again, totally variable to everybody, but you can get away with eating a, a lot more uh, when you're you're younger simply because your body is in a state of growth. So your body is requiring a lot of energy to simply grow. So you'll find that things you could eat, get away with eating in your late 20s or young 20s, you're not going to be able to get away with eating in your late 20s. And that's simply because your body stopped 
the huge amount of energy that takes to grow the body mm. um, but age is a huge contributing factor and as you as you age your metabolism your metabolism naturally slows down so you're not going to be able to eat as much as you could when you were younger which sucks <laughs> which flow, flows on nicely to so if you imagine like 70 percent in red as i said the next chunk and probably the second biggest chunk and contribution is what we call neat which stands for ben non-exercise activity thermogenesis thanks for making me sound I think, I think it just sounds better with an irish accent thank you it's got more vav <laughs> <laughs> but neat, neat is it's going to constitute roughly these aren't exact figures roughly yeah. so 15 percent of your total daily uh, calories that you burn and again this is when ben said you know when you're younger you require more calories just just think of it from almost just a common sense perspective you know when you're 14 15 years old you go into school you're running around school you're on lunch hour playing five-a-side football you're active you're running around everywhere your knee is any sort of activity that is outside the workout window so when you're in the gym training that is classified as we'll come on to that in a second mm -hmm. but neat is any sort of movement activity outside the workout window so it's how much you walk each day how much you move if you're doing the if you go walking around town doing the shopping that's neat if you're cleaning the whole house that's neat hoovering um all, all these things have a massive massive impact and yeah naturally as you slow down with age that number declines yeah. you know as you get, or get older you, you move less it's, it's just a fact yeah. and so the amount of calories that you need on a day-to-day -day basis reduces um, but people often don't reduce their portion sizes the amount of food that they eat when they get old they probably if anything eat more yeah. as people come you know naturally earn more money as they get older they can afford to eat in nicer restaurants you know it becomes part of their social life to go out and enjoy themselves on a friday saturday night eat out in nice restaurants the calorie intake probably goes up as well as the alcohol intake but their movement comes down and that's just really really simply if you think about it if you're moving less and eating more over time that weight is going to slowly start to creep on yeah it's something that you do you definitely do see i mean you, you, again you touched upon it there it's it's a lot of this is common sense but it's just something that people don't really think about that much especially in school you have organized periods of exercise in school you had pe we had pe and then we had games it's organized into our week once you leave school this is this is um, a, a big thing for me my chest uh for my cystic fibrosis got way worse once i left school because i stopped doing organized sports so i stopped doing as much cardio i didn't have you know two sessions of pe and then two sessions of games and then rugby practice all those things were gone from my schedule and i noticed a huge difference um so yeah that that simple thing that you know exercise isn't planned into your week like it is when you're in in school unless you're one of those but, people who skipped pe oh, <laughs> those people <laughs> uh, but I, I remember I, t I touched on this on the i was at the first episode i think when i said you know i i went back to i turned it on a few weeks ago to try and sort of drop yep. a bit of weight and i just intuitively ate the same diet that i've always eaten for years that i know off the top of my head that i know in the back of my head if i eat this i know i'm going to get leaner and i started to eat that and I didn't get leaner. Yeah. And the, the only thing that's changed, really, well, I've probably got a little bit less muscle than a few years ago, but not enough that's going to make a huge difference, mm -hmm. is that my job's pretty much changed. I've gone from a personal trainer to more of an office worker, being an online coach, and that has a massive impact, which is, the, which is the whole reason why smartwatches are so, 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 so good. Mm -hmm. You know, I you think... can make yourself accountable, 
and move more. Yeah, I think the the thing, the fantastic thing about smartwatches and, and all these you know, trackers are it gives you information that you previously didn't have, um, and and it can you can assess your day. So, for instance, I've always said neat is exercise that you don't plan. So I had someone the other day ask, actually ask me this. If I plan to take my dog for a walk, does that still count as neat? I was like, well, technically, no, because you planned that, but it's still movement. It's still additional movement that you maybe wouldn't have done. So yeah. when you, you know, at the end of the day, more movement is, is going to be better for you. It doesn't matter if it's planned, non-planned, whatever. But the one thing I would say is like, be trying to be more aware, you know, having the watch and whatever it is you're using, you can use it in your phone as well. Just have a look at what you're doing in a day and then start to kind of, Think about other ways that you can improve that without being a huge hindrance or a massive inconvenience to your life. You know, it could be, again, the simple one is always just don't take lifts, don't take elevators, don't take escalators, go up the steps, you know, go, if you're out, if you're working in an office, you know, go out for lunch and walk to a further, if there's, say there's two subways or whatever, go to the further one. You know, it's, Mm. you're going to, you're going to get the same sandwich, but just move to that further one. Simple things like that, that, Again, I think that another one I've another one I've got. I've got clients who are now going to the toilet at the other end of the building. Yeah, which yeah. is so so. But rather than going to the one that's literally five meters away, go up a floor and across the the office and go to that one. Yeah, and doing it once, yeah, it doesn't really feel like you're doing much. But if you do that three times a day, five times a week that you're at work, yeah, what you do a week, what you do a month, what you do a year, it does make a difference. It compounds definitely, and that's the thing yeah. that I think a lot of people don't they the they almost think that it's going to be this one big thing that changes their life. But realistically, it's a, just a lot of little things that change your life. Yeah. And, and that's not, it's it's hard to, it's hard to convince people of that because they're like, Oh, I thought it was going to be something like drastic and something I've never done before, but it's, yeah. it's not, it's just doing things that you do consistently, but just doing them slightly different or, you know, putting a little bit more effort into them. And it's going to that, results. Yeah. You know, that compound effects, of just repeating Huge. something then is it just accumulates over time doesn't it yeah. but yeah if, if you you know i've had a few clients recently who have encouraged to purchase a watch and they've done one and they've tracked a few days and they're, they're below five thousand steps mm-hmm. like you can still lose weight if, if you're getting under five thousand steps but you're just making it a lot harder for yourself if yeah. you can get that number higher consistently every day of the week you're making dieting easier and, yep. and you're giving yourself more wiggle room. You're giving yourself more scope to eat more calories. And if your steps are five and below, I really would class that as, as pretty low slash sedentary. Yeah. yeah. And you, you've got to build in a habit. But a lot of people have got an epidemic now of people being overweight, obese. But we've also got an epidemic of people being stressed out their eyeballs with, with work. Yeah, and yep. the, two go, the two go hand in hand. There is no better habit to build than a morning walk, an afternoon walk, an evening walk, and don't be on your phone, don't be on social media, don't be doing anything like this, literally outside, fresh air, yep. you know, with, with or without a dog. It's just, it's one of the best things you can do, literally working on your breathing, get some fresh air, get out, get away from technology, get away from computer screens, get away from blue light, and just let your mind wander. And I, I honestly don't think there's probably anything better, or there's no better habit that you can build into your life than walking more yeah and it doesn't need to be marathons like a lot of people will again a lot of people will try and start with i'm gonna go for a 60 minute walk every day no 
because yeah. you haven't been doing that. Like, Just gone from zero to a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, you've like start with a five minute walk. It doesn't need to be. It needs to be so achievable. I've always said this with goals with my clients. The, the goals that you set for yourself need to be so achievable that they're almost laughable that you're just like, yeah, yeah. of course I can do that. Yeah, good. These goals that you set, yes, the big, big ones, you need to be like, you need to really think, oh my goodness, I, okay, this is going to be tough. But the one, how you're going to get there, as we said earlier, is little tiny steps. These little things that add up and compound into this big result. But start off by just saying, right, five minutes, I'm going to go, go for a quick walk around the block, whatever. Like today, for instance, I got home I had 20 minutes to spare, so I jumped on the bike. Now, again, not everyone has exercise equipment at home, but I did four minutes of work Tabata, and that sucked. But it's it's four minutes of work. I could have said, right, I'm going to do a 30-minute steady state, but I was like, nope, four minutes, that's all I'm going to do. And it's you know little things like that I can say, okay, if I can't spare four minutes of my day, I've organized my day very poorly. Yeah. What what I've been telling my clients to do uh, recently is the phrase I've been using is be more flexible with your goal setting. So I think a lot of people's downfall is they're so rigid on their goals. So they're like, so Monday starts and they flick the switch and they're on. They are all systems go. And they set themselves the goal is right, I am going to train four days a week. They might do week one. It comes to week two, they get busy. They can't do those four days. What happens? Automatically go, Fucking hell, I've fallen off track. I can't do it. Spiraling into sort of a negative mindset and all the self doubt creeps in. Whereas if you've got more flexibility with that goal, so like, so my goal is to get to the gym and lift weights. But if I'm too busy, if, if the, you know, I'm I'm not very well or something like that, I'm going to change that goal. And rather than going to the gym for an hour, I'm going to go outside and walk around the block for half an hour. So that could be like your intermediate, or or sorry, let's take it back one more. Your top goal could be to go to the gym and lift weights. But then you're thinking, oh, I'm struggling for time. Okay, no problem. Go to the gym and just do 20 minutes interval training. Minute walk, minute walk. So that could be like just down one tier. But then also you could take it down another tier and just say, if you're really busy, you can't get to the gym. You can't get to the gym to do just the 20-minute run. Okay, why don't you just go to the gym and just do some mobility, stretching, and breathing work? Okay, so you can't even get to the gym. No problem at all. Why don't you just go for a, uh, a walk around the block, have half an hour of fresh air, listen to a podcast. And then on a very, very, very lowest level, like an absolute non-negotiable, if I can't do any of the above, I'm just going to get up and literally walk around the street and do that in 10 minutes. And there is no, like, there is no real excuse why you can't do that. And yeah. it's having that flexibility and think of it like, like, a, like a tier system. I'm going to achieve something today. Depending on how much free time, how I feel, I'll, you know, base that on that. But some days, you know, if you're feeling awesome, cash in and, you know, go for that top tier, hit the workout, hit the PB, even do extra if you want. Throw <laughs> throw in some, you know, prowler pushes, burpees, do whatever you want. Cash in when you feel good. But, and then when you're not feeling as good, you still always do something. And that phrase Ben used with the steps, that compound effect, imagine the effect that that is going to have across months and months and years if you've got that sort of flexible mindset rather than being like i'm either in the gym or i'm not in the gym at all and i can't tell you how many clients i speak to at check-ins they're like oh work's really busy i haven't been to the gym for two weeks okay i'm going to get back on it so i'm like no whoa 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 just because like things have got busy doesn't mean everything's got to stop because they're going into that whole light switch mentality again you've got to be in that dimmer switch right life has got real busy okay i'm going to dim it down but the light is not off i am still doing a little 10 minute walk around the block i'm still doing um headspace for five minutes breathing Mm -hmm. um you know nobody hasn't got five minutes 
you know so yeah. you can you can always do these things and you you just need to sometimes write it out on a on a pen and paper or on the, on your whiteboard or wherever it is that works for you and just put in like a horizontal line across and maybe call it stage one stage two stage three stage four and and that's how like you're going to structure your week and if you have a wicked week you just hit stage four workouts all week yeah love that that was awesome I was just sitting and listening to you um, yeah. so well, we've, well, we've talked what, what talked, are we talking about <laughs> we've talked about BMR we've talked about yeah. NEAT so what's the yeah, third so piece if, of this yeah so if you said BMR approximately 70 you can NEAT uh, say about 15 um, and then about 10% of the total calories that you eat each day um, is what we call the thermic effect of food so you, it, it takes calories to consume calories yeah um, so roughly, if you're eating 3,000 calories a day, 300 will be burnt off, literally absorbing, digesting yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the food. So, um, And also the three different macronutrients do have different thermic effects. So protein is the most thermic of all the macronutrients. So for, um, for every, say, 100 grams of protein that you eat, it takes 20 to 30% of that to actually break it down. So when... Yeah, you know, there are lots of reasons to eat a lot of protein. Yeah, especially if you if you're weightlifting, we've said this a lot, but you know, protein is going to help you hold on to muscle when you're dieting. It's going to help you recover and repair from your weightlifting. It's the most satiating out of all the proteins. So if you're if you're on a calorie restricted diet, but your protein is high, you're going to find it a lot easier to stick to your calories. Um, but the third reason the benefit is so high to eat protein is that it's got the highest thermic effect. So protein's a, a, approximately 20 to 30%. Carbs is is less, mm-hmm. like 5 to 10-ish. Fat is it's hardly anything, 1 to 3%-ish. Um, so eating 100 grams of protein is not the same as eating 100 grams of carbs because the protein has a higher thermic effect, which is it, – it is small – but at the same time, it is still a factor. Still and it's combines. Yeah, exactly. And if somebody is eating a higher protein diet over a longer period of time, I think this is the word of the podcast, isn't it? It compounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it does. It does make a difference. And, you know, if, if you listen to episode one of series two, we were talking about how to reduce those food cravings and binging. And we, and we were saying, you know, you've got to set yourself up to win with sleeping well, drinking water. And, and protein was another big one that we mentioned um, for, for the satiety reasons. Um, again, the the thing that I would always say is that these are, whilst they seem small, like they seem such small thing. Oh yeah, protein has a slightly higher thermic effect than you know carbs, or not slightly, considerably more than carbs and fats. Adams just said that it it all compounds, it all has an effect in this in the the, the grand scheme of things. Don't pour all your energy into thinking, okay, every everything I eat has to have a high thermic effect. You know, just if you're not moving it doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> you know i was gonna say like if your step if your steps are 1000 you're not training but you're like yeah, yeah but i had chicken yeah. <laughs> so my effects through the roof yeah, yeah. just like yeah but if you're not moving like all of what we're saying it all has to be added up to, to the, the grand sum you know you can't expect to just increase think okay i'm gonna eat more protein today that's gonna negate the fact that i've not done any movement whatsoever no it's not again think about the percentage think about this pie chart i want you to keep this pie chart in your head this entire podcast again what is the majority of it it's your bmr it's your age weight height and gender that is going to be the biggest determining factor the other things you have control over are the next well what's the next one then 
Well, the, the last piece of the puzzle, which is approximately like 5%-ish, is, is how many calories do you burn when you're actually training? Mm-hmm. I think the big, the big, big, big take-home point from all of this is that everyone overestimates how many calories they think they burn when they train. Yep. And when if you look, if you just zoomed out and looked at that pie chart, you'll see that a huge chunk of the calories that you burn is just your BMR anyway. But the biggest varying factor is your NEAT. Yes. That's the biggest thing that you have got control over that can sort of increase or decrease your metabolism. You know, if your steps are sub five, if you're not moving much, your total daily calories that you can consume is going to be smaller. You know, even if you go into the gym, you've got to try and the, the things that you can control, control. Um, and like I said, those steps moving more each day is the biggest variable factor. So keep them high. And you're giving yourself the best possible chance of, of um, reducing your body weight. So, just to give people a number um, of how much, how many calories are burnt during a workout, a strength-based workout, um, a 150-pound person doesn't say male or female, but let's just assume it's male. Um, you're burning about 200 to 400 calories per hour. Now, that is not a huge amount at all. Um, in fact, I tracked one of my sessions couple of months ago and it was a lower based session so a lot of big compound movements squats leg press glute bridges i was gassed and i think i only used about 430 calories which as you know you could easily put that away with a, a mars bar or two so it does not equate to a lot of calories and i think people the, the one thing I, I always try to say to people is if you're going into the gym with the goal of burning calories Step outside of the gym, talk to yourself, and then step back in again. Your goal well, to... You mean when they're lifting weights? Yeah, yeah whenever yeah, you're going yeah. to, yeah. If you're going to do cardio or you know steady state, or you're going to do, you know, if if your goal is for exclusively fat loss and you're going in not to train with weights, if you're going in with to train weights, your goal when you step in the gym is performance. It is not to burn calories. You should not be focusing on how many calories you burnt during a weights based session. It's if anything, it, so it, you, it you, really you're tracking, you. You're tracking the wrong metric. 100%. Yeah, so I often get people, tag, they'll tag me in their picture post-workout and they say, like, leg day, burn 500 and something calories. I'm like, you're tracking the wrong metric. And then yep. there's, also the, there's also this thing as well, you'll see people in the gym, um, they'll be doing, say, um, chest press, mm-hmm. and then they'll get straight off the chest press and they'll be doing 20 star jumps or 10 burpees. Yes. And you're like, uh, you're missing the point here. What you're trying to—you're turning your weights training into a cardio session. You're yep. missing the point. The reason that you're doing the weight training is to try and build muscle. And if you're in a calorie deficit, the the purpose of there is to create a stimulus to hold on to the muscle. Yeah. So when when you so when you create your calorie deficit across the week, and then you step on the scales, and the scale weights the scale has come down, you can be pretty sure that most yep. important word most not all is body fat. Because remember, even if you eat high protein, even if you sleep well, even if you drink your water, even if you eat your vegetables, even if you hit your weight training and you're in a calorie deficit, you're still going to drop some muscle. Yeah. But the whole purpose of eating the high protein and doing the weight training is to reduce that yeah. number. Yeah. Um, the only way to not reduce, um, to not lose muscle when you're dieting is be on steroids, yeah. which, you know, which is why it's very, very misleading when someone on you know taking um, supplements like that post their diet oh followed this diet and look at me like whoa like 
if somebody wasn't taking supplements followed that it's a completely different uh, set of rules yeah completely um, you know I mean, you so can, you can build muscle if you're taking anabolic steroids you and i use that word anabolic steroids because steroids there's there's very there's a lot of different types of steroids um but anabolics the ones you're going to take if you want to you know improve your appearance your physical appearance you can build muscle doing nothing if you're taking anabolic steroids there's actually been studies shown with people who are completely sedentary they take anabolic steroids and they actually have an increase in muscle mass after 12 weeks of doing nothing else so that just shows you how radically different it becomes if you are taking something like that and as Mm. adam said like your goal you know again to go back to when i was competing obviously i competed naturally and the hardest thing for me was looking at other guys who who were doing the same thing as me getting bigger and leaner at the same time well, while they were getting, you know, prepping. Whereas for me, I was just trying to hold on to as much muscle tissue as possible whilst mm. in a ma- in a you know fairly large calorie deficit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you're you're going to lose muscle tissue when you're in a calorie deficit. It's 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 just, it's just a fact. I think the biggest we've gone off a bit, a little bit there, but I think the biggest take homes so far are the fact that the amount of calories that you burn when you actually train is literally five, maybe yeah. 10%, very small chunk of your total daily calories. The amount of calories you'll need is the biggest variable factor that you can control and manipulate, yep. um, which is what you really need to focus on. And your BMR, your sort of coma calories, your baseline calories is a large chunk, you know, 60 to 70% of what you consume. Should we, now would be a good time to yeah, do your... Yeah. Right, so, so I am I'm on... I-I-F-Y-M, so if it fits your macros, and there's a you've got a calculator in here, so it's very, very simple. You scroll down, you've got selection of male or female, so I'm a man, I am 29 at the time of this recording, so you just slide the slider down to 29. Metric or imperial, let's just go with metric, so I am 174 centimeters, and my current weight is... 88 kilos now let's say for instance i was looking to lose weight let's say i was trying to get down to let's say 85 nothing too huge three kilos estimated body fat percentage now i am fairly lean um adam where would you roughly put me at if you were i would say that was quite interesting to hear to see where you put yourself i would, I would put say 15 you... no lower 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 I would say 12. Yeah, there you go. 12. Perfect. Okay, so again, body fat's a hard thing to measure. Um, there's several different ways of doing it. For this one, guess the minute. You can't get calipers. You can do the you know, bio scanners, I, all that I stuff. I think the best, you can do the good one. Just like get up Google and you can get a picture. If, you, if you're a guy, you can get a picture of like five guys. Yep. And then just pick which one you kind of look like the most as in a sliding yeah. scale. That's always a good yeah. way of doing it. Yeah, and again, it's not going to have a huge impact on the, the final result anyway. The next one, however, will. How active are you during a typical week? So the first option is sedentary. Exercising is not part of my weekly routine. Lightly active. I hit the gym about once or twice a week. Active. I exercise fairly regularly at least three to four times a week. Or very active. I work out so much that I would I could make it a career. Now for me, I feel like four is quite restrictive. There's quite a lot of wiggle room. I would say I'm well, very active, because it, it is my career. Um, but I would prefer if there's a little bit more variables in there. Um, some websites there are, but let's just go with this one. 
how experienced are you with physical fitness now for me you've got beginner immediate advanced i would be advanced i work at at a gym the other option is home uh weightlifting frequency three to four times a or sorry days per week i go five currently and i'm there for just over 60 minutes so i'm going to say about 70 minutes now the intensity light moderate difficult intense i would say difficult Whenever I'm training, I don't like to talk to people because I can't. Um, and don't want to. <laughs> um, cardio or group fitness, uh, combine them if you do both. So I'm going to say, because I'm doing American football, I'm going to say two days a week. And it's about, it's actually probably about an hour. Hi, Ben here. I just wanted to interject here in between these clips. Basically, it took us a lot longer than we expected to fill out this uh, section on the website so to save you boredom of listening to me clicking through some options i have just skipped to the end to find out what my calculations were so sorry about that and uh yeah back to the episode back to me let's throw back to me here we go me show you your man weighing and your goal weight is 85 kilos so your bmr it's telling me my bmr is 1826 calories your tde is 3152 so my weight loss calories are going to be about 2600 nearly 2700 so there you go that it's a decent website it gives you pretty a lot of in-depth um information it also gives you a little bit of a protein breakdown but those are those are my main numbers there um is that is that about what you thought yeah i would say so um i i consume more than that i consume because i, th- I think this is a really important point to make that even when you use a good website like this a calculator they're all just estimates so you yes. can go on whatever one you want even like when you get when you hire a coach they can calculate things but really it's it's trial and error of trying it and you know even i'm sure you're the same sometimes i can cal- calculate someone's calories and be like whoa maybe i went a little bit too low there maybe yeah. you're you know you know maybe I went a little bit too high it's always you just got to play it out you've got to stick to some calories for a week two weeks see how much you drop stay the same put on and just make manipulations so yeah. even those ben's calories that come out there what did you say? Twenty six, twenty seven hundred to diet. Twenty, yeah, but twenty seven hundred. Yeah, so you know, you might need to eat more, you might need to eat less, but yeah. A general rule of thumb is that whatever your TDE is. So, what was yours? Three thousand one hundred calories. Yep. They nor- they normally most calculators online will knock five hundred calories off mm-hmm. because they always say that you, you're trying to you're trying to create a three thousand five hundred calorie deficit across the week. Because um, that is equivalent to one pound of body fat. Um, but as well, in practical applications, well, it, it depends what type of client that you've got. You know, because some clients I will put on less of a de- deficit than that. So if I, you know, if I've got, if I'm working with a client and they've got pretty poor relationship with food, they mention on their client forms, you know, they're prone to to binging or they've been on a sort of yo-yo dieting. I'm not going to put them straight into 500 calorie deficit. And especially if if that is a female client and their numbers are smaller to start with, you know, if their TDEE came out at 1800 and you go and send them a a 1300 or 1200 food plan after they've had a relationship of yo-yo dieting, that is not a good idea. You know, so, so, so putting them on say a 200 calorie deficit, you know, and dropping them to say 1600, but you're thinking, I know if they can sustain this for a longer period of time. It, it's going to lead result. to results. So it's it's definitely different horses for different courses. But like Ben, super advanced, if he was like, right, I'm going on holiday in five weeks, I want my abs, I guarantee Ben could probably adhere to a 700-calorie deficit 
and stick to it because yeah. he's got a really good relationship with food. He's got a lot of muscle on him. Uh, quite strong-minded. He hasn't probably got an emotional attachment with food. You know, it's completely different. Yeah. And then someone, someone could like log onto Instagram and say, "Oh, Ben's doing this. You know, he's cut his calories by 700. I'm going to follow the same diet." No, doesn't work like that. Because if that person ends up doing it for 10 days and then hitting that fuck it button and just giving up and just hitting, eating anything they they want for a weekend, it just negates the whole point. Yeah. Again. Adam said it perfectly there. These are all just estimates, all estimates. You know, you're the more information you have, the more things you try out yourself, the more things you test, the better you're going to have, you know, the better results you're going to get. You know, let's say, for instance, you find out you're for fat loss, you're at 2,500 calories and you stick at that. Again, I cannot say how, how important consistency is. You need to be sticking to something for at least two weeks before you can say yes or no, whether it's actually changing. Let's say you're, you're not losing any weight. Even though this number has come out at 2,500 and you're not losing weight, you're being consistent, you're doing everything else correctly, you know that that's not, that calorie, that number that you've been given is not correct. So then maybe go to 2,400, test that for two weeks now if you start losing weight. Now you know that's your actual number. Again, all these numbers are just estimates. They can't take into fact that you're, so no point was I asked about my ethnicity, my stress levels, you know, all those things that can can have it's a only, huge it's only factor. A guesstimate. Yeah, yeah it's only a guesstimate. exactly. There's so many things. There's so many variables. We're all different people. We're all very, very varied. Um, so yeah, hopefully this, all this information we've given you, has armed you with the knowledge that you need to, you know, for instance, well, to be honest, just know a little bit more about how to achieve the results you want. Um, I, think it, I think as well, like that. Um, you've just, I, I got a DM actually from someone today. Who's obviously listened to the first one that came out, and they said. You know what we just said there? So you cut your calories. They said, oh, I should get my Instagram up ready to read it out. But they said something along the lines of when you drop your calories, so you're obviously dropping into a calorie deficit, how long should you keep your calories at that before you drop them again? That that was pretty much the question worded differently. Yeah. But I think as well, so the main point there is what Ben said. That, you know, you've got to stick at it for at least two weeks. You can't be jumping on the scales after a week yeah. and, you know, seeing a change and getting frustrated because remember there's – so many different factors I could reel off eight that affect the scale yeah. weight. Um, but also as well, like the, the first thing I always tell clients to do is just sort of like tighten up the ship a bit. You know, imagine like a ship out at sea and it's got a few cracks in the crevices and stuff and water's just creeping in. That's kind of like calories and everyone sneak calories sneak into everyone's uh, diets. You know, yeah. think sauces, um, think liquid calories, Food think you, just the oils you cook in snacking not snacking and not tracking it uh, eyeballing portions and getting lazy like, there's again lots of them that we've spoken about before but if you're there saying right i'm eating 2500 calories and i can't drop weight the first thing i'd say to you is right let's do a bit of a sort of nutritional audit let's lock down the ship a little bit let's really eat 1500 calories you know and then you can almost go through them like are you, you know, adding in milk with your breakfast when you, you know, you've worked out that you're having water and all these little things that you think, oh, that's not nothing, but they do add up. That would be the first thing to um, track. And then second of all, the, the big point I wanted to make is just because the scale weights haven't budged, that doesn't mean that you haven't made progress. And like so yeah. often, you know, I'll be at a client check-in a bit and the general theme of the check-in is quite down. The quite, oh, hasn't been a good two weeks. Things haven't been going well. Scale weight's still the same. Okay, no problem. Right. On to the next metric. What are your site measurements? 
Oh, I've dropped an inch off the waist. Right. Okay. Yes. So things are going pretty well then. Okay. Mm-hmm. On to the next metric. Uh, what your progress pictures like? Right. I can see that you you look better in your it's progress pictures. Yep. Right. On to the next metric. What's your performance like in the gym? I actually had a really good session. I just hit a PB and, and pressed 16s for the first time. Right. Okay. So so three out of these four metrics are going really well. And do you mind asking, like, how are you feeling? You know, what's your energy like? What's your digestion like? What's your sleep quality like? What's your relationship been like the last two weeks? Oh, do you know what? I'm feeling really good. Like, I've never had this much energy in the day. I'm not I'm not bloated. I haven't got digestion anymore. I'm not waking up. I'm not snoozing my alarm anymore. I'm not procrastinating anymore. I've got more energy. And I'm sat there thinking, you've literally, just, you've, <laughs> you've literally just reeled off seven or eight factors of why things are going really well but you've just looked at the scales the scales haven't budged and you've just gone oh i'm not dropping body fat and it's yeah. so just make sure like when you are in a calorie deficit which i think 90 percent of people will be trying to achieve listening to this you know yeah. everyone's trying to drop weight just because those scales weight scales don't move for one two even three weeks just ask yourself how are you doing on all the other metrics and if you're not tracking those other metrics you're making a huge mistake yep I agree 100%. Mm. I think that's a good place to end. Yeah, 100%. Um, So, yeah, just echo what Ben said at the start. Please, you know, share the love with the podcast. If you think, if you've got a colleague at work, your boss, person you sit next to, family, friend, anyone that you think, your gym partner, anyone you think that would benefit from this podcast or enjoy listening to it, please tag them in. Maybe post this on your Facebook, Instagram, tag Ben or I in it, and we'll be much much appreciated um and we'll be back next week with episode five cheers guys